0: n-e-t-s-u-i-t-e dot com slash w-t-f all right let's do this how are you what the fuckers what the fuck buddies what the fuck nicks out in the streets what's happening i'm mark Marin. this is my podcast wtf how's it going are you okay, man? I mean, you know, I know some people are worried about me, worried about the world, but how, how are you there looking out your window, doing your dishes, getting all emotional for unclear reasons? How are you doing sitting there trying to work with your house that has become a, some sort of strange kindergarten? For your own children, how are you doing sitting alone wondering, is it ever going to be okay? Is it ever going to be okay again? Is this just the way it is? Am I going to work? Is what I do relevant anymore? How are you? How's it going? So, look, on today's show, I talked to Jerry Seinfeld. I talked to him. I'll, I'll get into that a little more in a minute. Let's just get in, check in with the immediate situation with what's happening. I'm hoping this week maybe I'll, I'll get out to do, um, to, to be present at some protests for all the right reasons. I haven't been able to get out there for my own personal reasons, but I feel like I I may go out uh, this week. I don't think it's too late. I'd like to feel part of the uh, the community. Speaking out. I want to be part of that. I also want to again direct people to uh, a few places where they can donate some money if you're feeling powerless or you're afraid or unable to go outdoors, or if there's not a protest near you and you don't want to be the only one standing on your street with a sign, drawing attention to yourself in that way. There's things, other ways you can uh, help out if you have a few extra bucks. You can go to Black Voters Matter Fund. They work directly and successfully on increasing the political power of black communities through voter registration and engagement on the local level, not just during presidential elections. That's blackvotersmatterfund.org. The NAACP, always a good place to uh, help out. That's the uh, NAACP Legal Defense Fund. Police reform and racial justice efforts need litigation and advocacy to be successful. Uh, the NAACPLDF.org. And, of course, the ACLU, uh, always continuing to be helpful for maintaining the First Amendment rights of protesters and fighting legal challenges in court. That's ACLU.org. Be safe out there. Be righteous. Fight the good fight. Hopefully, if everything works out this week, I'll be talking to um, Stacey Abrams on... Um, Thursday if everything works out she's been busy hopefully will that'll happen so Jerry Seinfeld okay the thing with Jerry's a lot of you know like why is it taking so long for Jerry to come on I don't know and and the weird thing about this interview is that if you're just new to this show or just the last few years this was the comedy it was a it was the it was a comedy podcast i mean that's what i did i talked to comedians for years and we put together a fairly kind of deep and broad historical archive of comics going way back i mean i talked to you know shelly berman i talked to uh jonathan winters i talked to Marty Allen, for fuck's sake. But I mean, the thing is, is this was a place where comedians came to talk about their real life, their hearts and whatnot. Hash stuff out because I love comedians. I am a comedian. That is my heart. That is my life. And I believe that's true about Jerry. But he was never one of my guys. Never was. Couldn't connect. I could not connect with Jerry. But the thing about the reason I'm making a point on this on this particular show to talk about this is like, you know, comedian like even someone like Judd Apatow thought this show when when WTF really started picking up up speed. He he said it was like his nirvana. And, you know, he he we were the show that he brought the interviews that he did when he was in high school with comics that came to the comedy club that his mother worked at, you know, and, and sort of go through that stuff. This is where it happened. And over time, you know, there were white whales. There were people that, you know, I wanted to get that kind of fit into the history of comedy as I knew it. It Took a long time to get Letterman. It took years to get Lorne Michaels. And I had a personal you know obsession with that. But they come. If you go look at the back catalog, there's a lot of comics you may never heard of. There's a lot of comics that you hadn't heard of then but are big now. But this was where comedy was discussed. And this is where we, you know, this is where it happened. Albert Brooks still hasn't come on. But one thing I've learned from doing this show as long as I've done it, you know, comedy, every, you know, there are well-adjusted comedians. There are comedians that I don't think are funny, that people love. There are comedians that do things that I don't agree with, uh, but I understand and uh, sometimes still think are funny. There are comedians that um, don't show themselves at all in their act. That's rare. It's usually there somewhere, but it's not necessarily they don't think they are. But for me, comedy as a stage, when I was young, it was the only thing that made sense to me. It was the only thing when I watched it, I thought these guys make sense of stuff. These guys make it okay. These guys take big ideas, things that are frightening, overwhelming, seemingly complicated, um, you know, confusing, and they kind of m- render it down into something funny. For me, it was I got into it for the pursuit of of a certain personal truth of a way to be seen as a a way to express myself. And I tried a lot of different stuff, man, when I was in high school and college, photography, journalism, acting, uh, film studies, all this stuff. But from when I was 11 or 12 years old, in my heart, it was like comics are that's the noble profession. That's how you become a statesman of yourself. That's how you find your place in the world. That's how you. Share the truth as you see it. That's how you become who you are. It's deep, man. It's not for fucking lightweights or amateurs. It's all in there. Philosophy, psychology, history, everything. Emotional truth. It's all in there. It's what comedy is to me. It's all of it. You can get on a stage and do whatever the fuck you want as long as it's funny. Now, I agree with that. And I just said it, so that's good. But what is funny, right? And what does it mean to be funny? I've talked about it with a lot of people, not necessarily so specifically as I talk about it with Jerry. There's no doubt that he's one of the most popular comics ever. And no doubt he's probably the richest comic ever. But why don't I, why, how come I never connected with him? You know, how come I imagine there's other people out there that didn't like, I truly respect and understand and have a sort of deep well of empathy and love for, for my, my fellow comedians without a doubt. And I judge and I resent and I'm critical sometimes and I dislike sometimes. But, but the core of it is this is a community of rogues and socially awkward weirdos and hustlers, some borderline criminals, true artists, poets, people who are possessed by something that only they understand and have to make it understandable to others. It's not just a shtick, man. It's not just a job. Not for me. And not for the people I respect. It's a necessity. And it's a channel of truth. That can run very deep. But there was something that I needed. I got to get into it. You know, I got to get into it with Jerry. He, He wanted to come on. And I swear to God, I was like, are you really? Are you sure maybe it was because it's easier now because he doesn't have to come here? I don't know. And I'm not sure I know after I talk to him, but now he's part of it now he's part of the great uh wtF tapestry that I'm weaving of the history of comedy, and he's an important part, and uh I don't think there's an interview like this with him. I can I can tell you that. And he's got a new stand-up special called uh, 23 Hours to Kill. It's uh, streaming on Netflix right now. I watched it, and I watched uh, that old documentary, Comedian, for the first time, which I found difficult. And uh, also, I think it's important to note that this is the first interview I did since Lynn's passing we didn't know really how or who to do that with I mean there was a a, an idea around with me and uh, Brendan McDonald that maybe I should talk to somebody I knew and I and I think what I I think I vetoed that in light of the fact that it seems that when I talk to people I know even not that well I get pretty emotional I kept it together for the most part so uh, buckle up, because <laughs> now now I'm driving, and uh, this is me and Jerry Seinfeld. Now, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hey, Mark. Hi, Jerry. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. uh, Please accept my uh, condolences.
0: That's very nice of you.
1: For your loss. I'm so sorry.
0: Yeah, it's a rough thing.
1: I imagine. I can't imagine.
0: Yeah, yeah. How you doing?
1: What do you think?
0: Terrible.
1: Uh, we, uh, you know, and I'm so sorry because I know we were both uh, very much looking forward to finally doing this. Yeah. And of course, we managed to stumble into the least relevant moment <laughs> <laughs> for our art form. <laughs>
0: Wait, what do you mean you're not working on a riot chunk?
1: You- I am. I am, but I'm not going to do it
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> you got to give it a little space. You yeah. Wait a little while. Yeah, we'll give it a little. Uh, <laughs> let it simmer. How? So you're down where are you on? You're on Long Island. I'm on Long Island.
1: Yeah, one of the Hamptons.
0: And you got you got all your kids with you, and the yeah. wife is there, and everybody's there. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you, I assume the house is big enough to where you can hide.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to hide though. I like, uh, I, I like, uh, uh, the mosh pit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like
1: the mosh pit. Yeah. You know, I got married so late in life. Yeah. I was 45. So, so it was really time to have a complete, uh, change of context.
0: A, a full immersion.
1: Yeah. We need <laughs> us. We need that hole. You got to go in that hole, you know, the yeah. comedy hole. Right. But yeah. this, you know, stand up is so wonderfully solitary—the the writing of it, and the performing, and the traveling—the the solitariness. Is, I do miss that a little bit.
0: Well, I mean, I You know, what's weird is that I, uh, for whatever reason, I never watched a comedian, right. the documentary. Right. And uh, and I was I was hanging around the cellar at that time, and I remember what were those? Who were those camera guys? Were they Dutch? What were they German? That no, camera... they
1: were Amer- one guy was a Brit and one American guy.
0: Oh. But man, I watched it uh, last night for the first time. And, oh, really? And, you know, yeah. Wow. And, and it was traumatizing.
1: It was really. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like I, I mean, I you know I really there was so like I could not handle the Orny Adams factor. I mean, I thought that maybe twenty years would make that easier, but it was it was
1: <laughs> really. Yeah. I mean, so, I haven't seen it in twenty years, and I certainly would never go back to it. So uh, uh, that's very interesting to hear that.
0: It doesn't. It doesn't age well. I, I wouldn't say there are parts of it that I think. Uh, you know, the. I, I would say that the the Cosby closer is not a great uh, a great uh, that doesn't hold
1: up. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I uh, you, you can look at that one of two ways, as you know. Sure, but yeah, no, uh, the thing I loved about Orny when because I I really was not thinking that he was going to be much a part of the show when we first started to cut it but yeah. i felt like he was the visible comic i felt like he had a transparency that i really liked
0: right you could see right into the horrible yeah. whatever it was i i it his his uh i don't even know what you would call it but there's definitely a point in that movie i'm not we don't need to go over the whole film but there seemed to be a point in that movie where you were like oh, this guy is Too much. (laughs) I can't.
1: No, no. I mean, all comedians to me uh, have major issues. You know. Yeah. And I love to grapple with all of those issues. I love. I love all of it.
0: Within other people or yourself? In myself, and
1: and I just I love the world. I love the right. I I have a book uh, coming out uh, in October, and I wrote a lot of you know reflective stuff about comedy. And to me, comedy was two things. It was being in the art of comedy and then being in the world of comedy. So those, and you don't know when you start, you're attracted to comedy because of the, the substance, but then you go in and then you find out, Oh, there's a world.
0: Oh yeah. The world. It's a, it's a, it's a weird world of rogues and gypsies.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I fell instantly (laughs) in love with the world. Uh, Yeah. Well, like those two things.
0: Well, yeah, the whole world, you know, it, there, there's something about all of us that uh, fundamentally doesn't fit into regular culture or society, and yet uh, when we all get together, and that's sort of an understood thing. Yes. Uh, there's there's a brotherhood to it that's yes. very uh, forgiving and accepting. And I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, you've been in it. You know, a lot of the guys that I know and the guys you come up with. I mean, you're dealing with borderline criminals and and, and you know, mental cases. I mean, it's just the way we are. If you're lucky, yeah,
1: you're lucky. <laughs>
0: Because I don't know what's bird you to it, but when I was a kid, you know, I was a very much a, a Jackie Vernon fan, and my parents took oh, I me love Jackie him. Vernon. Yeah, my parents took me to see him when I was like eleven, and <laughs> in a in a nightclub, and you know, and we were sitting very Where? close in Albuquerque, New Mexico, at the wow. Hilton. The Hilton Hotel had a a nightclub, and he came out, and we're sitting very close, so I could see his you know sweat and his fat and. <laughs> But like some something you know planted inside of me like you know this is the world i want to be in the world where this guy
1: lives right well that's why i i set up this little uh tableau here of my uh, i set this up to because i've been doing interviews yeah uh and i thought well, oh wait, yeah I gotta, what do i want behind me so these are yeah. the albums that i've saved all these years of uh, you know all the people that got me crazy but um, now that you mention it, I've got to get a Jackie Vernon album. I need a Jack- I've I loved. I
0: haven't it. seen a I'm Jackie kidding. Vernon album. There must be one. Oh, there must this-
1: be. There must be.
0: Do you have that old? Uh, do you have that one album? I found uh, a Rodney Dangerfield album before he was doing the No Respect thing, called Loser.
1: Wow. You have that? No, that's cool. You,
0: you got to get that record. It's yeah. like I, I don't know where I found it. I uh, it was signed too, so it was like he was still doing like long form. Story type of bits, wow. no, none of the none before the hook. Yeah, yeah, There's, yeah, uh, yeah. It's oh, kind of great. Cool. I can see you got you got Lenny's Carnegie, you got Groucho, you got yeah. a later a later Carlin record. Yeah, I can't. I it, you're it's sort of Alan Sherman that.
1: and Pryor and uh, Monty Python.
0: Python. Oh, and now and Robert Klein. Klein, yeah. Those were you. I mean, who? How long back? How far back do you remember being uh, moved by comedy? And when was the when was the moment?
1: I, I suppose when laughing came out which i yeah. guess was 67 or eight yeah it was a show of just all jokes it was all jokes I, I that got me so vibrating very funny to look back on your childhood now and see you were headed down this path instantly and yeah. had no idea yeah and i was writing the copying the jokes from laughing so i could refer to them in conversation the next day I love really? this one and I like that one and, you know so
0: and also that sort of gave you a sense of uh, structure the joke structure
1: yeah yes
0: so yeah, it was yeah. laughing huh? I mean how old were you when laughing was on I mean I guess I was five so you were like what I was you know? I be like
1: 13 12 and
0: and that's when it registered that's when you realized
1: that people well, I know I didn't realize it then I just I knew no, but, I, I mean you that liked it more into this than everybody else.
0: <laughs> but I didn't
1: know that that was going to take me somewhere.
0: And was it, was, uh, was there comedy in the house? Were your parents hilarious? I mean,
1: did you, were the yes, records? My dad was a crazy, uh, a crazily funny guy. Really? And when he was in world war II and, in mm-hmm. and, uh, the Pacific, he had a, a file of jokes that he would carry with him because, uh, you know, the army, uh, in those days, uh, jokes were a big part of their conversation yeah, for, for all the obvious reasons. And, sure. and and he would save them. So uh-huh. that is a pretty clear genetic link that, you know, again, not just remembering them, writing them down.
0: He would write down jokes that other guys would tell him.
1: Yeah. Joke jokes. You know, that, yeah. that, that, that was, that was the currency joke jokes. That,
0: that kept him going.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: And he was, how, what, what was he in the uh, Air Force, the Navy? What was he in?
1: Army, regular GI, yeah, Philippines, and uh, um, you know all the Pacific islands. Did
0: he see? Uh, did Did he see action?
1: Yeah! Oh, yeah! Yeah!
0: yeah. Did he yeah. talk about it all the time? Really?
1: Yeah, guys who were in the army. Well, your father was not in, in the war.
0: Well, no, my dad was in the Air Force for two years, but it was like in the late '60s, and he entered as a he was, you know, getting his uh, residency as a surgeon, so they didn't send him to Vietnam. We were in Alaska for two years,
1: so. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. yeah the so guys, he, were in that the, that I know I, my dad and his uncle and uncles that I had that yeah. were in the army loved it so much they never stopped talking about it. Really? Because well, I, I mean, you know, in I that heard- way of it's such a. Uh, you know what? What's more impactful uh a bonding, in your life than yeah. If you've been in a war,
0: so but he like because I I thought there were like I've heard of guys who who uh, you know who who was so awful they 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 never talked about the the horrors of uh, the thing. But he sort of found camaraderie, I guess, and you know he had uh, guys that, that were in the war with him that he he hung out with, huh?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I think he was kind of just drifting in life. They were oh, very yeah. young, you know. Or, yeah. I don't know what age he was, teenager. And then all of a sudden you're around all these guys. You're all in the same clothes, (laughs) you know, and you've all got the same things in your foot locker, you know? Right. Yeah. Like camp. That was camp.
0: (laughs) A horrible camp. (laughs) A horrible
1: camp. (laughs) You're getting shot at. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 That's it. Here's how you pack your locker and this is how you avoid dying. Yeah. Say And then like, uh, so where he grew up in New York? That guy?
1: Yeah. Brooklyn, Bronx, yeah.
0: Manhattan. And like, were his parents from uh, like the old country kind of? Yeah, deal? Austria. Oh yeah, Austria. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think one of mine's, uh, I think my grandfather's family was Austrian, but that other than that, it's all Russia. The Jew right. thing.
1: Right.
0: Would, do you remember your grandparents? Were you, was it a Jewish No, thing? no grandparents. But None? But my parents were both orphans. Really? Yeah. You're not joking?
1: No. What's the joke?
0: I, I I don't know. I, I, it's, a, it's definitely a conversation stopper. But yeah. <laughs> orphans? Yeah. Wow! Like from a young age or later before just from a young to... age? Yes. Oh my god! Yeah, well, that's interesting.
1: So they met pretty late in life, and in those days to get married in your 40s was pretty late. And uh, they met at a wedding there with huh. other people, and of course immediately hit it off that they were both orphans. And
0: yeah. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, yeah. Did, did so? You, have you ever tried to track that? Did you ever do like a 23andMe thing? Do you? Yeah,
1: did, did you... I, I'm really not that interested. Yeah, um, but right. the the independence that you can uh, imagine that they had, sure. uh, certainly came right into me. Right. Be on your own. <laughs> Be good on your own.
0: And you got you have siblings?
1: Yeah, I have an older sister, Carol.
0: Older sister? Yeah. And she's in show business.
1: Yes, she works with me. Oh, that's good.
0: <laughs> so now, like you're growing up out there, where you're on Long Island or Queens yes, or whatever. Long
1: Island, Massapequa, Long Island. And
0: your dad, like he comes back from the service. What what business is he in? What's his racket?
1: He he couldn't function in any sort of a corporate environment or even a company. He couldn't work for anybody. You know, because he couldn't so, do what people told him to do. That's
0: genetic too, then I guess, huh?
1: Yeah. Yes, very much. So he loved when I got into stand-up. He thought that I wish I had done that. (laughs) Right. But uh, so he had he started a sign business selling signs.
0: Uh He
1: was and uh, so he got found a guy to paint them and then started selling them and and he could just drive around on his own. And so he loved that
0: general signage.
1: General signage, yes. Storefront cards, paper signs. You know all those butcher shops, prime rib, dollar ninety pound. You know all that stuff.
0: So you could drive through Queens and go like, that's my dad's sign.
1: Yep. Yep. <laughs> and your mom, did your mom work? My mom was a, a bookkeeper for a while, and yeah. then, uh, but mostly uh, a housewife.
0: Oh, wow. So like, how, how Jewish did you grow up?
1: Uh, my mother's side, heavy, orthodox. And oh, really? My dad's side, nothing.
0: So your mom had siblings
1: who were orthodox? Many siblings, yes. And when we went to their uh that side in Brooklyn, it was scary. It was dark and it was scary. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Funny smelling kitchens.
1: Yeah, yeah. I love the food. Syrian.
0: Oh, Syrian Jews. My
1: dad is Austrian, my mom is Syrian. Interesting. So that 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 was a good uh um expert. Right.
0: Yeah, I had some someone just because of uh, you know, the what happened, people been sending me food and someone just sent me a box of uh Katz's you know, uh-huh. deli. Yeah. They sent chicken soup with the matzo balls. And, you know, there's something about that stuff. When you, does your wife cook like, do you get food like that now? No,
1: no. My Never. wife cooks a lot, but not that.
0: And she does, like, doesn't she do cookbooks or something? Yes, she does.
1: Yeah. She mostly does a, a good plus, which is this fatherhood initiative foundation. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, very relevant in this moment. And uh, they were doing a lot with the, pandemic and uh, people out on long island and uh but very involved in uh, homes where there's no uh, father figure
0: oh that's nice
1: and teaching those guys to get back in there and, and and learn how to do that oh really yeah if they didn't have any role models of their own right uh, she's done an incredible building this uh, entire program and Did she help, uh- tremendous success with it it's really been great well,
0: that's great did yeah. she did she help you become a good father? Oh yeah <laughs> did, did it did not come natural to you or did it no,
1: the fun no. parts do, but not the the real parts right <laughs> like you know making kids laugh. that's what we like to do <laughs> you know, the, the kid <laughs> that, laugh is the greatest laugh
0: right, right. but yeah. that's it. that's where it ends. That's like where the rest you, yeah the rest you had to learn yeah yeah, yeah. so when you start doing comedy. I, when did you realize, like, who were the guys that were your sort of your role models outside of laughing? I know you talk about.
1: Well, it was Klein. When I was a kid, if you lived in New York in the late 60s, early 70s, and you saw Robert Klein. Yeah. That, that was like a, uh, uh, you know, getting hit with a uh, a Klieg light. He
0: was, a, he was before my time, I guess, because, like, he was never one of my guys. I didn't have those records. And, you know, I should have had those records because I had other records. I've grown to appreciate him, but he was the guy that really put it in your mind. You could do it.
1: Well, yeah, I I followed him everywhere. Whenever he did it, he was working. I was there to see it
0: when you were a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? And I
1: went to the Catskills and I saw those guys. But Klein was like, oh, there's another way. There's this way. If You grew up in New York. You could have a New York attitude, but right. No cufflinks and ruffled shirts. You'd
0: go up to the Catskills with your folks, or what?
1: Yeah, with my folks, and I even went as a teenager with uh, my Queens College buddies, and we just we would go see John Beiner or anybody like that. That was. Uh, oh, really?
0: Yeah. Who like who else did you see up there at that time?
1: Oh well, there was Malsey Lawrence. We loved the old guys. We loved all of them. I, I still love all of them. I have. I am very non-judgmental of uh, comedic style. Yeah. Um, I I could k- uh, to give it a you know an accessible example George Carlin AM and FM no difference for me Right no difference <laughs> Yeah I love both of them equally Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But to, but you do have don't you feel like you do have um I think you you have a work ethic that is is sort of daunting and I and, and don't you do you judge comics by their work ethic No No
1: no, I judge them by the, the elegance of their structure.
0: So when did you start, like when you, when you watch Klein, did you meet Klein when you were a teenager? No,
1: no, I was, I was working a number of years. We f- finally met.
0: So when you started doing it, um, you started at the strip.
1: Yeah. And, uh, Catch Rising Star was the very first place I went and then we couldn't get on stage there. And then the strip opened up and we were able to get on stage
0: what 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 year was so seventy what 75, 70,
1: 76.
0: was one catch opened?
1: Catch opened seventy three, I think. The Improv, I think sixty six.
0: Yeah, the Improv was they did a, a variety show for yeah for type of thing. So you're like sort of the second wave. So like yeah, second wave, right? So like Richard Lewis and those guys are above right. you. You're right. the one after them. So Bob you're Jaw, Larry
1: David. Uh, Brenner Um
0: Bob Shaw saw me once at the old improv before it closed and he said that's funny stuff I'll let you know how it works
1: <laughs> one of the most powerful comics I've ever seen still Bob Shaw Bob Shaw in his moment was a brutally funny guy he yeah just he would tear the wallpaper off a catch yeah yeah oh gosh yeah
0: I think he's still around. I mean, he was writing oh, yeah, for a he's while. Around.
1: He, he wrote for us on the series for a couple of years. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because he was a very good friend of Larry David's.
0: Right. And then Uncle Dirty was hanging around.
1: Sure, Bobby Altman.
0: Bob Altman. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, so you couldn't get on a catch originally. What, what, what was the way? How did it work back then? Was Lucian at the strip yes. yet?
1: Lucian was there, yes. But I was there very early. They opened in June. I got in there in, in July, and I was emceeing. By uh, December of that year, I had only been in the business for real like four months and they made me an MC, which was twenty five dollars a night. And I got three nights and that's and that was it. I turned in my waiter's apron and I was that was it.
0: You were a waiter. you were a waiter before. I was a
1: waiter at Brew Burger on 3rd and 47th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Right uh every day and that was good for about 16 17 a day i was living on that
0: and but you weren't living in the city you were still at home i was living
1: in the city yeah on, on 81st in columbus in like a box yeah in a box
0: just by yourself
1: though by myself 17 feet square box and how old are you like what are you
0: 20 then or 21. what Twenty one. and your folks are okay with it they're excited you're living in the city
1: didn't seem very interested no <laughs> <laughs> they were, they, 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 the, the, the benign neglect that my parents gave me was the greatest uh, blessing of my life.
0: When did that start? Day one. Oh, really?
1: Yeah, you live your life, we'll live ours. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. So my father did love what I was doing. He loved it. From the beginning or From once you- the beginning, you've won- yeah, because of the complete independence of it. Yeah, don't, yeah. Don't, don't Don't go where everybody else goes. Do your own thing.
0: So he never pressured you. You never. Oh, like no. You ne-
1: Nothing. No.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Cause I, I, don't, I, there was no concern even he was just happy for you. They weren't they, like, you they, know,
1: my mother confessed years later, they were a little concerned, but they never said anything to me. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine I'm 45 when my mother first brings up, have you ever thought of getting married?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that That's when it first comes up. That's right? when it
1: first began. Yes. Wow. And she's still around, right? No, my mom uh, passed about five years ago oh. at ninety
0: at ninety nine. Well, see, so she saw you got married. She saw yes. grandkids. Yes. She got all the yes. good things.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: So who's it like when you get to uh, when you get to the strip? So you're like one of the first guys there. Yeah. And what what was the name of the guy that owned that place?
1: There were three guys: Richie Tinkin, John McGowan, yeah. and Bob Wax.
0: And Lucian was just the guy who worked there.
1: He was a carpenter designed to build cabinets to hold the T-shirts.
0: That's what Lucian did.
1: That's what Lucian did, and then they kind of made him a manager. And then he stayed there forever. Yeah, forever to the end.
0: So, this was a great thing for you because so the catch rising star had this what a bigger roster, more famous. That was a
1: closed society. You weren't breaking in there. You, you. I was never going to break into that. First of all, I wasn't cool enough. I wasn't druggy enough. I wasn't. I wasn't th- that kind of. You know that I was never getting in with those guys. The, the, who was there I though? Who, were, who are you talking about? It was about? Kelly Rogers, David Say. Uh, obviously, Belzer. Belzer was the the, the 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 guy. The guy. Yeah. He
0: was the host, the MC. Yeah.
1: And but and he, Rick Newman was a great guy. Always very nice to me. Uh, I, I, the 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 romance of Catcherizing Star was was something I still what I when I talked to rock and Qu- Quinn and Joyner and guys who were there George Wallace yeah we still uh I was still waxing about the romance of catch a rising star there was nothing like it
0: so you, exciting
1: had you ever been there sure
0: I mean he you know Lewis they I, I when I started doing stand-up in New York it was uh 89 uh-huh. and the old catch was still there and you know right. I just I was too I didn't have the, I was too proud to sit around and wait at the bar for him to decide right. when to put me on, you know, when everybody left. Right. So I kind of focused on the the old improv and, you know, the down like Boston Comedy Club and wherever uh-huh. I could get work. But I had a real right. problem with Veranda for years because I just felt mistreated and I didn't want right. to play yes. by his rules. <laughs> but right. Right. I'd go up there. But I don't think I really I don't think I was ever there to feel the vibe of it when it was great.
1: Yeah, it was great in the 70s. Right. And so the you were early the, 80s.
0: But you definitely felt that these guys were like, you know, it was a different way of life than what you wanted to do. Too many drugs, just rock and roll. The, like, I didn't uh, really know
1: about the drugs, uh, but yeah. I just knew I was not their kind of guy. You know, I always, had a, I always had notes in my hand.
0: Oh, so you were sort of a nerd?
1: Oh, yeah, total nerd. Yeah.
0: <laughs> really? And, was- uh, yeah,
1: and... Obsessed with my act. I was obsessed right. with my act and my stuff. They were you they, able. They didn't work on their acts. Why? What? You know, and
0: <laughs> were you able, so you were, were you incapable of socializing?
1: Incapable. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the secret of my success. Yeah. <laughs> like
0: you got three people you can talk to and that's it. That's it. <laughs> so you don't need any more.
1: I didn't even know when I was in high school that there were parties I was not invited to. So you were
0: so you were completely obsessed and introverted and just yes. you know, uncomfortable.
1: No, totally comfortable. <laughs> I didn't know I was missing out on anything. Really? No, I did not. I knew there was something going on underneath girls' sweaters. That was it. Of course, yeah,
0: but, and but that's in what terms- I
1: was interested in. And as far as the other social world of it, it didn't appeal to me. I didn't like the scapegoating, the hostility, the elitism. I just knew I I am not going to navigate any of this. I didn't like it. I didn't care for it. I was very happy to just watch TV.
0: Be your own guy and not get involved. I just want to
1: watch TV. I want to watch Batman.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But but it's sort of interesting to me that given that's true, and even when you started – And you saw that sort of tone at Catch. Like, I I could see, like, a guy like you comes in, you're a young guy, you're working really hard, and you got these guys that are boozing it up and fucking off over there and living that life. You know, Studio 54 is happening, Elaine's, all that shit.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And you're just like, you know, I want to do this. But somehow or another at the strip, you were able to find and appreciate some brotherhood eventually. Yes,
1: well, that's where it started for us, because we were all new all together we were all at the starting line together right so we naturally bond then it was me and larry miller all and day schiff. every day all night george wallace mark schiff paul reiser carol Leefer, all yeah. day every day
0: was wolfberg your generation wolfberg, or- yeah he was a
1: generation after me
0: oh okay yeah and uh yeah because schiff i've talked to schiff i've talked to leifer i've talked to a lot of them do you like there there's so many dudes that like because i've seen you talk about in other places where and I think it's a fairly, I think it's astute and it's real that, you know, we start out with all these people and you don't know what the hell happens to everybody. No, Where you is don't.
1: everybody? But, uh, but you're, I'm sure you're on Facebook. I'm not. Can't you find me on Facebook? Oh, you're not? I don't,
0: no, I can't stand. I don't understand. There's too much going on on Facebook. Uh, I mean, I, like isn't I is that how
1: you find out what happened to people?
0: Sometimes. I mean, sometimes they just call you. I was surprised, you know, it, w- with this, uh, with my girlfriend passing, how many people reached out. I mean, I heard from, you know, Dan Vitali called me. You know, Dan wow, Vitali.
1: Dan Vitali. <laughs> he had a moment.
0: Yeah, right. And yeah. he's like, he's all right. You know, and then out of nowhere, Leno calls me. It's, it's it's I'm very. It's a very beautiful thing that's happened. Yeah. You know, in light of that, right. like the, my, our yeah. entire community reached out. I'm mean, I couldn't oh, believe it. I'm nice. like, yeah, like who the fuck am I? You know, why? And, but everybody. It was crazy.
1: Have and, we uh, met? Me and Have you. You and I actually met.
0: I always felt like I was like uh, I represented something chaotic that you needed to avoid.
1: (laughs) That's probably true. (laughs) But where would we have bumped into each other? Catch? No, I was
0: at, I mean, I was there at the cellar the entire time you were shooting that documentary. Ah,
1: but you were just starting.
0: Not really. I mean, I started in...
1: You started in 89, but though you were 10 years, still kind of started.
0: 88. I started in 88 and I started doing, I moved to New York in 89 and, you know, I was working in Boston doing one nighters, but yeah, I was definitely around.
1: I never got in at the cellar either, by the way. I didn't fit in there.
0: She didn't pass me until she saw my HBO half hour in 95, uh 95. Wow. But so I was working at the cellar by the time you were there. And I don't think we ever met. Like, I knew Colin. I knew all those guys. Right. You know, I know Joyner. I know, you know, I know everybody that was around you. But by the time, you know, I was around, you were kind of out.
1: Right. Well, it's you nice know, like, to finally meet them.
0: Yeah. It's nice to meet you, too. Because like, uh, I had always assumed, like, because I, you know, I know Papa. I know all those guys. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I remember when I was earlier doing when we started the podcast. I, I remember I was talking to Papa in uh, I don't know where we were working. We were both working somewhere in different rooms, and I'm like, you "Tell, see if Jerry wants to do it." And but you right. weren't really doing anything. You were, you know, it was just no. you were like you were like, "Why?" <laughs> I think yeah. is what he said. Like, <laughs> I said, "Did you ask Jerry?" I, he goes, "Yeah, I did." He goes, "Well, what would he say?" He said, "Why." <laughs> <laughs> I I appreciated the honesty of that. But yeah, so that was, (laughs) that's why we never met because you were, you were in another, you were another, on another level Mm -hmm. and not really around much.
1: Right, right.
0: But when you think about that, like all those guys, because I don't know really how to, there's reasons why people don't, make it there's there and there's there's definitely many reasons mm-hmm. some of them are personal and some of them are just you know it's not a meritocracy some of it's just timing some of it mm-hmm. some people look better than others mm-hmm. who the hell knows mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you sort of have to balance the heartbreak of all that when you have you know all these people that you know that you your friends that that struggle forever and i guess that's um how what do you attribute that like when you look at your own success do you think it was inevitable or do you think that there was a just work or do you think, you know what I mean? Well, like compared- I
1: was lucky. Um, I'll tell you like the, the seminal events, the, the most seminal event. Yeah. Of my career to go, to, to go back to what we were just talking about. Let's go back to catch a rising star in 1976. Yeah. And I'd see a guy get on the tonight show. Right. And he had about 35 minutes. Total. You know the Tonight Show, which you know, thirty-five minutes. That's one strong six minutes clean on the Tonight Show, right? Right. That distills down to about six, and then he then he goes on, does well, goes on again, not as good. <laughs> yeah. Goes on a third time, struggles, never see him again. <laughs> that okay? was
0: something. That was something you noticed. I noticed that
1: as yeah. a young man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I went. Oh. oh yeah. Now I see how this works. What uh-huh. you think you have is not what you really have right when they put you under that light in that context yeah without time with under those constraints. yeah. so I realized I have to have a way of growing that's more than just hanging out uh, bullshitting with other comics right. I need I need a better system than that. And so I set about creating that for myself. And believe it or not, I got it from George Burns. Really? Yes. Uh, Fred Raker gave me George Burns' first book, which was called Living It Up, or They Still Love Me in Altoona. Uh Uh-huh. And I read about him starting in vaudeville and his struggles and his love of the the business. But I read about that he sat and worked every day for at least two hours. On jokes. On jokes. Yeah. And which I had never heard of or done.
0: And you didn't know anybody who was doing that.
1: Didn't know anybody that did that. But everybody had a notebook, no? Yeah, they had notebooks, but nobody sat down and said, uh, you know, I want to do something on, uh, you know, know, dogs. Right. you the, mean the,
0: like some, they'd sit there and they'd get a thing and they like all of us, you write it down like, oh, that's a good idea. But you would sit down and be like, all right, here's a bunch of things.
1: Yeah. I'm going to write. On. Let's really explore this on a piece of paper yeah. and then explore it on stage. Let's do both. Everybody yeah. was just kind of doing it on stage. And I think to to this day, most people do. They just yeah. kind of, they, they, they catch a hold of an idea. They take it on stage and, and work uh, that, that works for a lot of people.
0: I do it that way.
1: Yeah, it doesn't, it, did, it wasn't enough for me. It wasn't. Um, you needed more precision. I, I wanted to go dig deeper down the hole. And I wanted to take my time doing it and then right. take it on stage and then go back and explore. You know, it was the back and forth, the stage and the pad and the stage and the pad. And then I found I was coming up with a lot of stuff. And then I started Progressing. And going past people, and I thought, "Oh, this is this is my way." So that,
0: that so that first seminal moment was realizing that you had to do that.
1: Well, I thought if I'm going to get on the Tonight Show three times a year and crush every one of them, yeah, uh, w- this has got to be a, a bit of a serious endeavor because I loved it so much, and all I wanted was I didn't want to get kicked out. I've seen so many people get kicked out.
0: Of the Tonight Show,
1: yeah, you get on, you do a couple shots, and they don't want you anymore. Right. So I didn't want. To be, I didn't want to be in one of those casualties.
0: So you were like Brenner was more of the the way to go. Yes. Right. The guys that Although were. Although there- he would
1: always say, when I used to see him at catch all the time, and he would then on stage, and he would have notes on stage, and he would bang around on stage. Yeah. But most guys. So anyway, anyway, if you go from that moment. To when Larry, David, and I got the TV series, yeah, and, and 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 you roll a blank sheet of paper into a typewriter. I was not intimidated by that because I've been looking at blank sheets of paper for years. At that time, you knew how to write the bits. I knew how to write. Yeah, when Jerry and George sit down together at the coffee shop, Larry and I, neither one of us was intimidated by that.
0: Yeah. Nowadays,
1: yeah, yeah. a comic gets a shot for a network show, and they go, "Well, we have TV writers that will." Take your humor and put it in TV right. form. Right. Well, you're finished right there.
0: You're done. You're done. No, I've I, I've been that guy a few times.
1: Sure, and I know, yeah. of, and we both could rattle off a list of names. You yeah. got to realize you're the best writer in the room.
0: Sure. Eventually, that that worked out. You know, I, I I not to uh you know I had a series on IFC, but nonetheless, I I got that out of my system. Why did uh, you
1: stay with that?
0: I did four seasons.
1: Oh, oh and, that's
0: a lot. Yeah, and the incentive becomes when there's no real money, and it's uh-huh. hard to get people to watch, and the network support is limited. Uh-huh. You know, it's sort of it gets to a point where it's like, if you can't put more money into the show as the show goes on, you know, it wasn't even about money for myself. It was really like, what are we doing here?
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know what amazing. I mean? Wow, that's, I know. It's it's like, African had a similar experience.
0: Oh, the one in New York, yeah. for TV, TV Land. Yeah. 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 Exactly. It's like you know, you were in the heyday. You yeah. sort of defined that thing, right, right? And that and that sort of established the grail that all of us were going after. The sort of right. being the being the center of a sitcom. But it, like I think what you and Ray and and a few other people. I mean, those, those that that was it for that. I actually I think yeah, my first I think my first deal was with your guys at Castle Rock. Oh really. With, with Glenn. Glenn Padnick. And I, you know, yeah, it was one of those deals where, yeah, they, I got set up with a writer and I don't even, didn't go anywhere. It was a million years ago. Right. But, you know, Padnick was funny because it's like, you know, yeah, we did, like, by by the time he did your show, he didn't give a fuck. You know, like, <laughs> he, he's like what does he care? It's like, you know, sure, we'll make you whatever you want. You know, He paid made a fortune.
1: Right, right.
0: But, um, yeah, I art. wonder
1: if today I, – I, well, yeah, today I would never even do a TV series if I was a young guy today. You just you just ha- work stand-up, you know, and I don't even know what my style would be. I probably – I don't know if I would be uh, uh, s- cursing on stage if I started today. Cursing? S- swearing? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, you don't do it at all, really. No. A little bit. No. <laughs> but no. that was a – that was a choice, right? You were like, I'm not going to...
1: Well, yeah. It, and, and then it became a style that I liked because mm-hmm. of the, it was so much more difficult.
0: Yeah, but you did curse for a minute?
1: Yes, in the very beginning, yes.
0: Oh, and, and then and it went away? Even then it bothered me
1: because <laughs> I felt like, well, I just got to laugh because I, I said, fuck in there. That, that's the yeah. only reason they laughed at that.
0: That was <laughs> a problem? You, you felt like you were cheating?
1: Uh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's just that you didn't, you didn't find it. You didn't find the gold. I you know? get it,
0: man. So, but when you started before you do these long form pieces where, I mean, did you just, did you do one liners? Was there a, a building process? I mean, I know all your bits kind of have jokes all the way through them, but I mm-hmm. mean, at the beginning, before you went digging did yeah. you, to learn how to be funny, you must've just done little jokes.
1: No, I always started off. Like when I started talking about cereal, I'm going to talk about everything that the, with cereal. I'm yeah. going to talk about the proof of purchase seal. I'm going I think to talk you're still about, talking
0: about cereal. Didn't you still, still th- talk
1: th- about
0: it? Yeah. <laughs> I think you, you shifted from, I think we're talking about Pop Tarts now. You're 65. We got the Pop Tarts being Yeah. I
1: think the horse has been the steadiest thing uh, in my comedy diet. For some reason, the horses horse. constantly pop up <laughs> in my act. I love oh. the comedy of the horse.
0: Oh the, clo- oh, the right. Your closer, the new closer with the stall.
1: Yeah. It's in there too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> There's a horse. Yeah, even I, the I horses stick their there's head a, over the. Yeah, there's there's horse. There's uh, I think there, there there's a lot of times there's a bit of a a poop reference at the end of some of the bigger. Yes, books. yes. <laughs> but no, but no cursing. Just no, to, no. <laughs> no. All right, so Larry, he won't talk to me. I don't know why. I see him sometimes. Oh he's, really? He's nice to me, but he won't talk to me.
1: That's weird. I wonder why.
0: I don't know. It's. I think it's really more about people, like you said. Like, do I have to? Is it necessary? Right. So, right. but when you met him, so you guys, you were always friends because I. I remember early hey, on there was comedy. A- yes.
1: Yes. He, he he was a few years ahead of me, a couple of years maybe, and uh, and and we would anytime we would bump into each other, from the first word out of our mouth, it was a hilarious, inane conversation. And uh-huh. so when I got this offer from NBC, if you wasn't even an offer, they were just like, "If you ever have any ideas, right? Um, you know, we'd be interested in hearing them." And I loved the way Larry and I talked. I said, "I want a show that sounds like the way Larry and I talk."
0: And that was it. And that was it. But when you before you got the show, had you been tour? You were touring, right? So back then, it was probably, you open for musical acts. What'd you do?
1: Yeah, a lot of that. I mean, uh, comedy clubs were. This is you know, the mid '80s was. Uh, I I rode the comedy boom. I was the comedy boom. I was the, the, the that opened the club, whether Cleveland or or oh, So that's was.
0: right. You you're like you know a defining product of that. Yeah, because I had the boom. Tonight
1: Show and Letterman. I was, right. I, I I think I was the only guy doing both shows regularly.
0: And you had an hour.
1: I had an hour. Yeah.
0: And how long do you, like, ride that first hour?
1: I mean, the, the act never stops.
0: Exactly, right. It's,
1: it's, a, it's a combine. It's a threshing machine. It's just, yeah. you're just consuming grain keep going, and, and right. making bales of hay behind you.
0: And, like, uh, in terms of, like, the competitiveness of it, I mean, was there, were you fueled by any sort of, like, resentment or anger at the comics who didn't work as hard as you? Uh...
1: Towards Mitzi Shore and and towards getting fired off of Benson in 81. Or maybe really? it was 80.
0: So Mitzi, uh, when was when was the Mitzi? Mitzi...
1: Shore, Mitzi Shore was a great motivator of mine. Uh, she disliked me instantly uh, because I was very independent. And that is not the comedy store model. You what need year is be, this? You need, this is uh, 1980. Wow. You need to be a wounded broken wing bird or yeah. you're not funny. Yeah. Or, and you're not her kind of person because you you don't, I don't want anybody molding me. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. If you're not a comic, you're not telling me what to do. Yeah, or suggesting a you know. And so we immediately uh, disliked each other. Yeah, uh, she was very outspoken about it to my face. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And that and 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 it's funny because what she said to me, she said, yeah. "You know, you're the kind of person that needs someone to step on you." And I'm going to be that person. Wow. And I have to admit, she was right. <laughs> <laughs> she, I needed that person. She was that person. And it and it really fueled me. It worked. I never <laughs> yeah. talked but to her never, again. I would never, and to this day, I feel no competition with any other comedians. I love, I, I adore my uh, colleagues, and I love but, them.
0: But what, but let's, I mean, that's interesting to me though, because you know, I was a doorman at the store in the late 80s, and you know, I kind of bought into that trip a bit, you know, and it kind of formed me, though I was fucked up on drugs. So, like, I I don't know, you know, the place fucked with my head a bit, but, right. but the idea that you had to be a wounded, broken bird, is yeah, what you said, I mean, yeah. Wh- where does that perception come from? Where Where did you? How did you? Assess well, look that? at all.
1: Look at all the people that she loved.
0: No, I know, I know. <laughs> but we, you were also saying the, that the, I don't fit that pattern. No, I know. But you, but but you love those people.
1: Yes, I did. Right,
0: right. But you didn't feel like it was necessary to be that. You weren't
1: that. Uh, you can't be any other than what you are. You, no, that's you can true. only be what you are.
0: But that but that but you disagreed with that idea that you know you didn't have to be wounded you didn't have to be broken to be funny. No,
1: of course not. Funny has nothing to do with anything. You know that, Mark? It has nothing to do with anything. I think it's fundamentally not, It's not about a type, you know. Right. No, I agree. I agree. But I mean it's sprinkled it it's like dandelion sport. that's just sprinkled out there. Yeah, but, but but
0: it does serve a purpose. I mean, people who are who are, you know, the, the reason you're funny is that You know, it's part of your ability to deflect and to charm. I'm going
1: to stop you at the reason. There's no reason. No, you're funny. If you're funny, yeah, and you love to be funny. If you're Uh funny and you love to be funny, yeah, there you go. So okay, but (laughs) so you never,
0: you never question the psychology of funny. No,
1: I reject that entire premise. Really?
0: Oh yeah. Oh you, yeah. you,
1: Look at my face. Yeah, you see that I, I totally reject that. You're no, funny see. if you're funny,
0: period. But you, so there's no why.
1: No. <laughs> if there and who and if there is, who cares?
0: <laughs> okay. So then, set that aside. Okay. Then yeah. and 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 you know you 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 have this. Uh, okay, that's your your ethic around humor and and you know finding the joke and drilling down and making the perfect joke. And so because I I was trying to figure something out about my feelings about you as a comic and whatnot. And I understand all that, you you know, but for you, and and this goes along with it, that the only risk that you run on on stage or the risk that you take, the the most frightening risk is that the joke won't work. That like what you have on the line is that, is that I crafted this thing and if it fails, I got to go back and fix it or I got to figure out why it's not funny. That's it, or chuck it right, right. The so the so you don't risk any of your personality or your well being necessarily, or do you?
1: I, I think standing up on stage by myself and saying I'm gonna make you laugh that's a pretty good risk, I'll say. Yeah, no, but that's what that's I'm saying. A pretty good yeah. risk. Okay, the average person would say that's a little risky, right?
0: But does it, does it, does it, does, like when you don't do that? when it doesn't work out and i noticed a little bit in the old documentary do you beat the shit out of yourself do you you know go uh-huh. into a dark place do you like does comedy save you from the darkness jerry
1: uh yes it does okay okay so and 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 it is the darkness well that's a that's a why <laughs> well if you if you choose to play the game uh uh-huh. uh publicly right then, then, then you're accepting. I'm going to take the hit. And, yeah, no, I get it. I get that. And, I and, I... and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. You know, Michael Richards used to love to tell the story. You know that that uh, I, I, I don't know what Native American tribe he was that had comedians. That there were comedians in Native American culture. Yeah. And if you decided you wanted to be one of them, the first thing they would do is you had to eat a piece of caca. Yeah. Yeah. And he Michael. That's how Michael would tell the story. And if you could do it, they would yeah. accept you and in, 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 into the group.
0: Well, I think that's ultimately, you know, my relationship with your comedy has been difficult for me because, you know, I come from a school where, you know, I improvise and I create bits on stage. I do most of my writing in the moment. I've done five or six. You know, I mean, I've done many hours. But like, ultimately, there came a point because of you, the last three specials I've done, the last two for Netflix and one for Epics. you know, I decided I'm like, all right, well, fuck it. I'll 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 do the whole I'll do the work and I'll structure this thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm going to I'm going to make sure all these jokes are refined to the point where they're they work perfectly. I know exactly what's happening. There are callbacks within it. And I'm going to see how that feels. As opposed oh. to just be like, uh, hey, man, let's see what which one's going to drop in to the slot right now. Right. Right. And I got to admit, it
1: was uh, it was rewarding. And
0: I'll, and I'll thank you for that.
1: Oh, OK. You're <laughs> welcome. Well, I think you might find that laughs feel good. You might like that.
0: <laughs> I I like the laughs. But what, yeah. but what I but but the thing is that, that I noticed, too, with you is that I do like the laughs, but there are moments in a bit. That are funny and they might not be the biggest laugh moment, but they're your favorite moment. Yes. And there's these little pieces that don't get quite get the laugh that you wanted, but it's your favorite little moment.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's fine. But I, oh, yeah. I don't I, 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 I'm very anti indulgence of my own. Uh, um, I, My job is, is to serve them to to make, to make them really laugh cuz that i think is the, is the only relevant currency in the end
0: Really just a laugh Yeah mm-hmm. You know
1: Now because- if, now if, if if there's something in there deeper than the laugh that you get which there is in any great joke Sure When when Rodney tells does the bit uh um i'm making love with my wife but she has a faraway look in her eyes and i say darling is there someone else and yeah. She says there must be. <laughs> I mean that that's as rich as it, it gets for me, you know. Sure, I, it,
0: I I always look for meaning in jokes. I mean, if yeah. it, that's that's the reason I got into comedy is that comedy comedians were able to sort of you know re- you know make things manageable. Make things understandable, yeah. disarm you know big ideas that were threatening. I mean, they you know to me they were you know powerful people uh, to you know th- things are terrifying. Life is difficult. These guys put it into little packages, and you know it makes it okay. Yeah,
1: but I never put anything above the left. Self-revelation, uh, opinion, insight, all these things. I I would I would never uh, give those the same weight, them the same as the left.
0: But but occasionally they'll intertwine. And uh,
1: if they want to, I don't worry about that part. The you don't get the laugh. I'm, if I like the bit and it gets a laugh, I'm doing the bit.
0: Okay. Well, so this is the obsessive work of you, of Jerry Seinfeld doing the work, but where do you, you know, what, what is your sense? Like if you didn't do comedy, would you be a dark, miserable person?
1: No, no. Do you I do- wouldn't be as happy. I wouldn't have, cause I wouldn't have as much fun. Right. Do you? Do I, like, you like- I really wanted to have a, a, a life of fun. Yeah, I really. That's what I. Yeah. And I thought comedy seemed like the most fun life I could imagine.
0: But do you like the are you a spiritual guy? Yes. So you 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 nurture that part of your life as well.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Yeah. What's not, the, not not in any conventional terms. That No, uh, I get it. But what 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 what
0: uh, what what because like I have a hard time wrapping around. How do you define that? So if you have a full spiritual life. That you know you you you're comfortable in your heart, that that enables you to not seek that that type of uh, of uh, satisfaction from comedy. You know what what do you do?
1: Well, comedy is very spiritually satisfying. It's a it's a you're 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 risking your own uh, personal comfort to make total strangers happy, make them feel yeah. good for, for just a moment. Right. That that's a spiritual act.
0: Okay. And what else do you do?
1: I, I I try and be good to people all the time with, uh, you know, with strangers when I'm driving. Yeah, I I, I I try and I'm always trying to be generous to people.
0: And do you have a do you have a practice of any kind? Uh, no, Spiritual, no, no, no religion. No thing no. that you do. No, I mean,
1: I'm Jewish and uh, yeah. we celebrate some of the big ones, you know, <laughs>
0: Why does everyone? Why does everyone say that you were a Scientologist once?
1: I did do a course in Scientology in like '75. Out here? No, in New York. Found uh-huh. it very interesting. Never, never pursued it. Yeah. And
0: uh, was there anything in it that that changed your brain? Yes. Like did you? Yeah. Yes, uh,
1: a, a, a emphasis on ethical behavior. Yeah. Which I still. Which I I I liked the emphasis on that. Yeah. Um, that that was a big thing. I would say ethical behavior. And
0: was did any of this sort of avoiding negative people trip? Did that? that, uh, No. No. So this the last this special, I was surprised how how you know you had the full orchestra didn't use them a lot. Um, it's really
1: just for the opening.
0: I know. I know. Yeah. It's like, so all of a sudden, there's like a full orchestra, four seconds, boom, yeah. you're out. Yeah. That's it. But did you like, like, was that sort of a, a, a like, cause there, there's this weird thing that you, you straddle this kind of new stand up with the old style. Yes. Right. And you wanted to sort of incorporate.
1: Yes. I wanted to acknowledge that this was what I thought show business was. Right. This is yeah. what I want it to be. Yeah. I want it to be a little formal, um, a, a little exciting, you know, um, you know, uh, I just, I just like the, you know, this is when I fell, in, this was what I fell in love with as a kid. That, that's but, what that's about. Was
0: that the first time you used the orchestra? Yes. Have, yes. And that, so that was sort of like a, a, kind of a, an homage to. Well,
1: I didn't, I, I don't know if I'm going to do that kind of thing again. I don't, you know, it was just something I wanted to, uh, Lay it down, you know, You like you have this set and you really like where it's at. Yeah. And I'm not arrogant enough to think I'm going to be around forever. Right. uh, So I thought, let me lay this down so that it's there.
0: What do you mean this? You don't don't think you're going to do another special?
1: Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't do another one unless I thought I could do a better one. And by that time, I'll be in my 70s and I don't know.
0: But I I might. Who knows? Right. But you're never going to stop doing stand-up. Oh, no, never. So that isn't that the interesting thing, though, that like because of the job we've chosen and the models, the role models we've had, that w- w- you we've all watched these guys that we love do mm-hmm. it into their nineties if yes. they want to. Yeah, yeah. You talk about Rickles. You love Rickles. Love Rickles. You? Yeah, of course. Yeah, he was. He had a profound uh, impact on me. But like, but because I read something you said about. You know, I'm just trying to figure out why, you know, because I feel like I don't feel like I'm hiding much on stage, you know, to, you know, for better or for worse. And I feel like, you know, I really put myself out there Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of my personality and and who I am. And and that's part of what I do. You know, I don't you know, I don't I'm not hiding much behind uh, jokes. And then yeah, I read somewhere that you said about, like, when people ask you about that kind of thing, like about those kind of, you know, showing yourself or. Or, or um, you know, exploring those parts of yourself that are personal that you don't see that's necessary because, you know, you look at guys like Rickles,
1: they didn't do it and they're funny, right? Um, there's nothing harder than getting a laugh. Okay. There are other things you can do on yeah. stage, but that's the hardest thing. So if you want to do the hardest thing, that's it. <laughs>
0: Have you said that before?
1: No. <laughs> um, and so, I and, and I and I totally accept and approve of people doing whatever the hell you want. I get it. I comedy is when you go to the uh, the music store and you buy a guitar. The cash the guy at the cash register doesn't tell you what to do with it. Right. No, you I do know. whatever you want with it.
0: That's right. And and so that's
1: do. what I think about comedy. Do whatever you want with it. So if that's what you like to do, I'm for that. <laughs> But, but, but I like to do the other thing. That's what I like to do. The,
0: the funny thing.
1: I like the laugh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like to hear it. I, I, I think I, we all. I, I, do you know I, any comics? I, hear it. That, I want to
1: hear that laugh. I can't. I love it.
0: Do you know a lot of comics that don't like the laugh? Uh,
1: no, I don't know any comics that don't like the laugh. But there are comics that will tell you, and I'm sure you're one of them, that there are other interesting things that you can do. And that's who we're going to part
0: ways. (laughs) (laughs) I think the laugh is very important, but I do. I don't mind like a laugh that could be crying. There's a fine line between that laugh of like, oh, God, I don't mind that laugh. It's a different type of laugh. Yeah, yeah. as long as there's a laugh. I don't okay. care what, we, you know, as long as there's a laugh. All right, so.
1: <laughs> you knew this was going to happen, right, when we talked?
0: Kind of. Well, I mean, yeah. I but, but so you do, but you do have a sense of who I am.
1: I think so, yeah, from Tom Papa. He's told me about
0: you. <laughs> Tom and I get along. Yeah. But okay, all right, yeah. I mean, and I and I understand. But you know,
1: obviously, this is a part of comedy today. People, uh, I think young people very much expect comedians to tell me what makes you tick. You know, I guess.
0: I mean, I definitely like the laugh, and I do get good laughs, and uh, and I've always and I get more laughs now than I used to. And I think there was a a growing up process around that. I think that there was a time where. You know, even, even in that, that album that you have right next to your head right now. I mean, when you look at Lenny Bruce, who, you know, you put into context of a time yeah. that he lived in. I mean, you know, there was there was some other intention there a lot of times. The, the intention was to get a laugh, but sometimes it took a while to get there. Right. So you have to sort of decide, you know, how you're going to do that. You know, and like you said, as a comic... Go ahead. Do whatever the fuck you want. And people do. And it takes a long time to figure out how you're going to own that space. But ultimately, I do believe what you're saying is true, that you should get the laugh as quickly as possible and as often as possible. Yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not arguing with you on that. I just think it was interesting to me that when you talk about Don Rickles, you know, I can clearly see, you know, watching Rickles. You know, whether he's just doing jokes or however good his timing is or whatever, that, you know, there are moments there where I'm like,
1: this is a man filled with rage. Um, I do think uh, we, we we could we, we could come up with a number of different uh, words that are in and around rage. Yeah. But an essential element to be sure in comedy. Yes, it is essential. <laughs> R- aggression. Confrontation, uh-huh. uh, resentment, yeah. irritation—it's sure. it, got it, they're they they're varietals like yeah. like like wines. Right, you know? right. You just have to make sure but that you can't not have it. If you don't have it, I don't think you're going to get laughs.
0: If you don't have the, the if you the, don't the, have that, if element. you're not if you're not on the anger spectrum somewhere. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
1: Well, many words good. we can we can apply many words. Okay. This, no, I like it to the substance, but it's an essential ingredient. Yes. And I I have it, too.
0: Yeah, I know. I feel it.
1: (laughs) See, that's funny. (laughs) Yeah, I know.
0: (laughs) I was just trying to get at it. It took an hour.
1: Um... (laughs) But I think the greatest use of it is to process it through a last machine.
0: Absolutely. I just I think yeah. like there are moments that I've seen that like watching that thing it was very touching to me, the old comedian Doc, and also watching, you know, your episode of uh, Comedians in Cars with Gary Shanling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. To me, like like that those two times, you know, in both in very quick interactions, I feel were the only times I really saw who who you were in mm-hmm. a way, is when you interacted with him, because. Yeah you know it's really touching to me because there was something about him yes you know, where he he could really see you, you yes know, and, and and you don't have that with a lot of people you correct know, right? correct yeah yeah and there was just a couple moments there where it was like like he's like he was one of the guys where I, i'm sorry i'm choked up but um like, he made you laugh in that way that was deeper than just a laugh. You know, like, I could see... Well, you know, I just loved him. I just Right. Loved
1: yeah, 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 yeah. It's like... Those, was- it, 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 that, see, I, I think I'm attracted to the love underneath.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know
1: what I mean? Like, with Rickles, guys that love Rickles, nobody says they like Rickles, right? Nobody. Right. <laughs> they love him. <laughs> yeah. They love him. You know? Right, right. So I like... And Rodney, too, you know, who I was yeah. friends with, but... People love Rodney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if Rodney came out and really told us what was going on, (laughs) you know, it's a different thing. It would be terrible.
0: (laughs) It would be terrible. (laughs) Yeah, Richard Lewis used to say he called it the heaviness, the depression. Yes, heaviness.
1: The heavy you when Rodney said it as, as a joke, I'm all right now. But last week I was in rough shape. <laughs> he was in rough shape. He doesn't need to go any deeper than that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I and I and I think I do think I think that's the key right there. Is that you know I, I think that we kind of landed on it with the spectrum okay. of anger or this and, and the spectrum of anger and also the spectrum of sadness. That there is something about you know the heart the, underneath a comic that whatever it is, you know he has to be funny. And and you know and if he wasn't funny, I, I, who knows what we'd get? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know.
1: Well, that's the beauty of it, really. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. You, you take that risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By yourself. By yourself. It's very, yeah, know it. you know, it's the best. You know, you 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 did you did your show. I did my show. Yeah. It's one thing when you're with other people up there, but when you're right. by yourself, it's the best. That's a different thing.
0: It's it's like it took me years to sort of like, you know, that moment where for me, like the greatest thing about about doing stand up sometimes is just that when you're sitting there waiting to go on or when you walk down the hallway of the theater or when you walk past the kitchen, you know, like this is show business. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm walking through past through this kitchen, you know, this yeah. shitty yeah. dressing room. But that moment where you realize and I don't know when you first realized it, that part of you lives up there. Like, you know, when you get on stage, whatever you're afraid of early on or whatever your challenges are, you know, once you got your act together, that you you can't wait to get out there because that's where you live. You know, that's Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. that that's your place. And that's an amazing moment to feel that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did you always have that or do you have it now? Do you know what I'm talking about?
1: That that's my place.
0: Well, just that like part of you lives up there. That's the most comfortable you're going to be.
1: No, what, well, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I mean, sometimes my, my manager and I will always have these uh, moments where he'll talk about how great the set was. Did you, and he says, did you realize? It? And I go, no, I'm busy. Yeah. You know,
0: <laughs> <laughs> really. But, you know, you know, you're getting laughed. So you realize it. Yes. But I'm not thinking about it. I'm just right. trying to make them bigger. And, right. Right. And, oh, and, wow. And, you know, no, better. No joy and, up there.
1: Uh, moment, moment, little moments, little mm. moments. It, it's kind of like I always say. It's like if you if you talk to a guy that uh, flies an F sixteen and you ask him, you know, what do the clouds look like? Yeah. It's like I'm I'm busy. Yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not looking at really looking at the clouds. No. I appreciate that they're beautiful, but I'm busy. But you're so busy. But you're like that's my attitude on stage. I I gotta do this a certain way. I want well. this to come out a certain way.
0: And when it does, it feels good. Yes. Okay, good. Yes. I'm I'm happy. And more,
1: it feels not bad. I don't want to feel bad when I come off. (laughs) And I do a lot, you know.
0: You feel bad?
1: I don't feel, I feel, that's that's not the show I wanted tonight to be. Mm. Not good enough.
0: Well, I think that's another thing I might have learned from you or for somebody, just that, that, that that feeling or that the reality of not doing well is part of the job. And it might not yeah. necessarily uh-huh. have uh you know, I, I'm not, I don't, uh, I don't really subscribe to the idea that there are no uh, uh, bad audiences. Um, there are bad
1: audiences. Yeah. But it doesn't matter.
0: But it's just part of the job.
1: Yeah. Well, nice if your secretary. job is to take them from wherever they are to yeah. a slightly better place. <laughs> slightly. If you right. can. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, man. Well, it's great talking to you.
1: Great talking to you. I really love the show. you do an amazing man. job, and I'd love to come back anytime. I think we could do a lot of this.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think I, there's. I a,
1: love to talk about. You know, I'm one of the guys that you know. I love to take it apart.
0: Yeah, it, but 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 there's like there's a line you won't go past. Like there, you definitely have pretty strong opinions about certain things. Yeah, you. Know, I have strong you, opinions about everything. Right. So we can take it apart, but only to a certain degree because you'll stop once it's apart.
1: Right? Like, you know, like you want to take the parts apart?
0: Yes. (laughs) I thought we were gonna go deep. You know, Go ahead.
1: What do you got? (laughs) Ask me a tough question.
0: There's no tough questions. I, I think the one thing that I think is interesting is but I think we kind of worked around it was just that, you know, the idea that if you're funny, you're just funny and that's it. That it doesn't run deeper than that. But I think the more we talk about it, that if you're funny, there seem you can't be funny without a certain amount of uh, something on the anger spectrum or something on you know the spectrum oh, of sure, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, but all
1: of those things are, are minor are right. minors. The major is the ball coming off the bat. Is the ball coming off the bat? Yeah. That's yeah. what I care about. That's what I live for, that's what I think is the gift.
0: Right. Well, how do you decide, you know, do you, you challenge yourself to, you know, kind of take all these things apart and to really get into these, the minutiae of stuff and, and write the shit out of stuff. But you know, how do you know, how do you decide what you, what isn't funny? What, what when, when do you, I mean, outside of just saying like, I can't make that funny. Are there things that, that you don't even want to try to make funny? Yeah,
1: because they're easy or it's, I've seen things like that or it's, that's not challenging or it's not original enough. It's not, uh, um, you, you want to dig out something that nobody really saw,
0: but you do that with 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 stuff that's. You don't do that with like death. You don't do that with like you know if heartbreak. I,
1: d- have, um, I I do I do have some stuff like that. Um, uh, that you know when you're born it's. You know, two people walk in, three come oh, out. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, right. And
0: die, It's one less. You know, yes, yeah, the different number of people. You're, go- right. you're
1: going back to the same room. Right, but that's you know? that yeah. So that was that's a death joke. Yeah. But it gets a solid laugh, so I'm right. allowed to do it.
0: Right, got it. It's yeah. got
1: it's got to pay its way. It's got it's to, good. You, got to, you know, it's good. Uh, yeah,
0: that that was heavy. I you know I like that one actually. You know, that 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 there's a different number of people. You, you yeah, need so to that's say, fun
1: for me. Right. You know, okay, I'm going to talk about death. But, you know, and that, and that was challenging to get a laugh big enough for me to keep that in. Yeah. You know.
0: Where do you work out the sets now? I, I thought that was Gotham. interesting.
1: I, I love Gotham on 23rd.
0: Oh, yeah. Chris's place. Yeah. So you'll yeah. just do what, you know, a week or a residency once, twice a week for no, a month I just, or two.
1: I just drive by and go in.
0: But no, when you're I, building an hour, you don't, you don't, I, go. I don't
1: build hours. I no just more. Work.
0: No. You just put it together later. You're like, oh, OK, I got enough.
1: No, it's all—it's constant. It, it's, no, no, I
0: get it. I get it. But like, if you got to do a big room where you got to do an hour, you got to have an hour.
1: That's all I do.
0: Yeah. Right. But I'm saying when you're putting it together, you do it in smaller chunks is what I'm trying to establish. No, never. I
1: never I never don't have it. I see. I come from the the 70s when you have an act.
0: Yeah. No, I, I know, I get there's an ever-evolving act. I've done six or seven hours, but, yeah. but I'm just saying that you got to work out somewhere. You're not going to, you not you don't work out new material, you know, for the first time at the, uh, you know, in Atlantic City or whatever. No, I do not. Right. You do that at Gotham. Yeah. In like 15, 20-minute chunks. Right. Got it. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not fighting with you. <laughs> uh, I'm glad we talked. It makes me feel better. Good and, and uh, uh, best we'll of luck
1: to you. And thank uh, you. I I uh, I hope you're okay. I'm okay. I'm okay.
0: And good. I hope I I feel like you're going to be okay. Thank you. We're going to be okay. Well, all, well you know, what? I think we'll all be okay. I hope so. And next time we see each other, we we know each other now. Yeah, that'll be nice. Okay, buddy. Thanks, all right, man. Take Thanks, Mike. Okay, that was me and Jerry that's how it went that's how we are and folks the the virus is still out there wear your fucking masks don't be a dum dum. just look at the numbers use common sense just because other people aren't doesn't mean that i know it's uncomfortable but really really what is this fucking high school wear your fucking mask Alright, let's play a little guitar, pulling out the Strat.